Well, I've got two titles that I can use for today's message. And the one I've got written down is Victory in Christ Jesus. Uh, But the other one could be Victory Through the Right Hand of God. Uh, Because we're going to look at both of these things today in our message. And um, the reason being is that Jesus is seated at God's right hand. So if there's victory in him, that's, that's the victory at God's right hand. And as Brother Davey knows, uh, in uh, meetings previously in other places, we've uh, looked quite exhaustively, but we haven't exhausted it obviously, but we've looked quite extensively at the right hand of God and what that means and what it symbolizes. And we need to become acquainted with the right hand of God. Because the New Testament, and indeed the Old, but certainly the New, speaks over and over of Jesus being at God's right hand. And there's a reason for that, because it's the place of victory, it's the place of authority, it's the place of provision. It's so many things to us, and although this isn't, uh, well, it's the last message of 2021, next Lord's Day is going to be the first message of 2022 so as we go into 2022 we need to know that we're going in with victory amen Amen. a lot of times believers make the mistake of thinking that they're going towards the victory and that they're trying to get the victory they're trying to obtain the victory but if you're not leaving from a place of victory then you're leaving from the wrong place because victory is ours right now even in the midst of the shadow, sorry, the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to fear evil because he is with us, his rod and staff to comfort us, and he has already given us the victory. And we're going to look at that this morning. We're going to start in Psalm 28, and um, we can read a lot of stuff here. Verse 2 says, uh, I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. And that's the King James, but it actually means the inner sanctuary. And the inner sanctuary is where we need to be spending our time, which is in God's presence. And as we're in God's presence, we'll discover that David did, the man who wrote this psalm, that at the right hand of Yahweh, God the Father, in other words, there is a person, capital P, that he called his Lord a thousand years before anyone ever called Jesus Lord, David called him my Lord. So David had revelation uh, in the old covenant of a new covenant reality that some Christians still don't have, which is at the right hand of God the Father, there sits a one who is Lord of all. And so we need to be conscious of the inner sanctuary, which is a throne room, if you like, beyond the veil. We speak about that a lot at the Arise Scotland meetings. But in God's presence in the throne room of God, where God lives, that's where you'll see God seated on his throne, but Jesus at his right hand. And the Bible tells us that we're seated with Christ in those heavenly places. So that's our natural habitat. It's also a supernatural habitat. It's where we belong. And that's why we need to set our affection and our mind and our consciousness on things above. Because that's where the answers are, that's where the victory is. 
And as we look around this world right now, we see there's a lot of stuff going on that we need victory over. Amen? Or we need to manifest victory over because, as I said, we already have that victory. So it's demonstrating that victory. So I don't want to spend too much time in Psalm 28 just to look at a couple of things. Uh, verse 7, and you know, uh, I got a wonderful Christmas present uh, with this uh, from, from David, from this, with this verse on it. These two verses, the next two verses, I'll read them. The Lord is my strength and my shield, my heart trusts in him, verse 7. And I am helped, therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Wonderful words. Saving strength. And we'll look at that very quickly as we press on. The word saving in Hebrew is the Hebrew word Yeshua, which of course is very close to the, the Hebrew word for Jesus, Yeshua. Yeshua. So we could, we could, with a little bit of license here, we could say he is Jesus. And then that word anointed, which in Hebrew is Mashiach. So it's actually giving us Jesus' name here, Jesus Christ. Or Yeshua, the Messiah. Yeshua, the anointed one. So he is our strength. And he is the saving strength of us as his anointed but it also means he is the anointed one who saves us. Isn't that wonderful? So, there is saving strength and victory in Jesus. And that's a Bible truth that we need to acquaint ourselves with, folk. So let's look at a few references to that. These are a long time ago, as a young believer, I wrote these down. A wee notebook, I've still got it. And it's, you know, a little manual for overcomers. And we need to be overcomers. We're called to be overcomers. We're created with overcoming in our DNA. We looked at that when we looked at First John, that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And we have that faith. It's not something we need to acquire or obtain. We already have it. So let's look at some scriptures that speak about victory in Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll just read this verse. Verse 57. It says, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be thankful that he gives us the victory. And who does he give us the victory through? The Lord Jesus. So being a Christian means that we have the victory. It's built in. It's hardwired. It's in our DNA. Isn't that good news? That shouting ground right there. Thanks be to God who gives us a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That word victory is in the Greek, nikos. And we get that word Nike from it. You know, anybody get Nike clothes or trainers? That's what it means. It's a Greek word and it means victory or overcoming. Okay, so it's, isn't it good to know that we're called to be overcomers? But we're not just called to be overcomers if we manage. We're called already as overcomers. You know, Prince William doesn't get up in the morning, every morning, and say, I need to go and check 
my genealogy, I need to go and check my ancestry, I need to look at the family tree and make sure that I am definitely Prince William and I am of royal blood. doesn't need to do that. Why? Because he was born into it. He doesn't question who he is. And you and I need not question, should not question who we are because victory is in our DNA. Not something we have to fight or struggle or strive. A lot of Christians are doing that. They're trying to fight the devil. They're trying to uh, win the war. But the war's already been won and you've been given the victory. Isn't that good news? Now, I'm going to show you how God has called us to be boxers on Boxing Day. Isn't that amazing? It's on Boxing Day and God has given me this word because we're all boxers. Paul says, I, I fight not as one that punches the air. Now, of course, some of us are heavyweight boxers, not pointing any fingers, and some of us are flyweight boxers. Amen. But we're all boxers. So 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Or I think some translations say he leads us in triumphal procession in Christ. He shows us off. He displays us. And you know when boxers go into the ring, they don't sneak into the ring they go into the ring with great fanfare. They've all got their theme tunes and they've got their silk gowns and they're all walking down and they're doing this to the crowd. The crowd's... Because they're going in triumphal procession. That's what that means here. He causes us to triumph in Christ. And, and what it means is, is you know, if, if you're a boxing promoter and you've got a fighter in your stable, you don't want, especially when you're building the career up of a young boxer, you don't want to put your boxer in the ring with someone who's going to beat his brains out, do you? You pick easy fights. Fights that you know your boxer can win. Even maybe a bit of a stretch, but you, what you want to do is build up a momentum of winning. Because you don't want to send the young boxer into the ring and the first guy is an old bruiser and batters his lights in. And shatters his confidence, am I right? So boxing promoters are quite wily, or managers are quite wily, because they understand that they pick, this is the thing, listen to this, they pick the fights that they know their boxer's going to win. And that's what this means here, when it says, he leads us, he causes us to triumph, and makes manifest the savour of his knowledge by his in every place, what that means is he leads us in triumphal procession. He shows us, he shows the world that we're champions. So he picks fights for us that he causes us to win. So you're not going to face something in life that is going to totally wipe you out, crush you. You can have victory over it because God is the great boxing manager or promoter who causes you to triumph. Amen? Isn't that good news? The Bible says that nothing's going to happen to you above your ability to face it, or if it's temptation, trial, tribulation. 
Okay? You'll not be tempted above. You'll not be tried above what you're able to sustain. Some people can take things far worse than others can. You ever read someone's testimony and you think, my, how did they survive that? Well, it doesn't matter how they survived it. It's, well, it does. But what it means is they survived it because God was on their side. That's how they survived it. Uh, but he also knew what they could sustain. You know, some people are a lot more delicate than other folks, aren't they? Let's be honest. Not everybody is called to be a martyr. You read these stories about the martyrs. The, the, the one who said uh, he had written a, something that decanted his faith in Christ and then repented of that. And when he was being burned at the stake, he put his hand in the flame because that was the hand that had signed the decanting of his faith. And he stood there and kept his hand till his hand was burned. Now you think, could I do that? Don't want to try. Amen? But you see, whatever it is we go through, God knows the limits of it. But he also gives us all victory. He leads us, causes us to triumph. So we're never going to face a fight that we cannot win. Amen? Isn't that good news? And then this other uh, verse, these are all well-known verses, but it's so important to get them into your spirit, man. Romans chapter 8, we'll read a little bit into this in Romans chapter 8. Um, we'll read from verse 31. And that's what I've just been saying here. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's a truth we need to know deep inside. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us in the middle of this whole coronavirus business, who can be against us? If God be for us when it looks like the governments of the earth are going crazy, when there's a threat of wars and there's a threat of uh, fuel shortages and fuel prices rocketing, all the different things that are happening in the world right now and violence all around us, if God be for us, then who can be against us? When it looks like they're trying to shut down churches, when Christians are vilified and persecuted, not necessarily persecuted so much here in Scotland, yet. But in other places, for sure. You know, you, can, you can't go out in those streets now and preach the gospel without the real possibility of being arrested for saying something that offends some Egypt. The world has changed, folks, from when I was a young Christian. That's where I started preaching on the streets. Well, part of it. But you know, if God be for us, who can be against us? In any situation, in any era. Now, we've said it before, the street up the top there, I think Mr. Lawson lived there when he was younger, James Nisbet Street. That man was hung along at the um, just where the Glasgow Royal is right now. He was hung for being a Christian. How would you like to get out there today and the police are waiting? You've been in that meeting? Yes. Oh, well, trial for you. And you stand in front of a judge and the judge says, were you in that meeting, that Bill McMurdo 
Foundry Boys meeting? Yes, I was there. Oh, and you were a willing participant? Yes. To the gallows? Think about it. That happened in this area, in this country, in this city, to thousands of people. But James Nisbet, there was a few of them. I think a couple of them were preachers, quite well known. But the one that the street up there is named after, he was just, he wasn't famous, he wasn't a preacher, he wasn't a leader in the Covenanters. He just went to meetings. That was his crime and his sin, if you like, in the eyes of a wicked government at that time. And they hung him for it. We're not in those times, but that same spirit is loose in this nation right now of persecution and antichrist. But you know, all these men that died, if God be for us, who can be against us? And they eventually won. The Covenanters won. We know that when good King Billy came and liberated the Protestants, the Christians, the Covenanters, and all those who were faithful to the gospel. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. What that means is, who's going to condemn you as God's elect people when God is the one that justifies you and vindicates you? Never feel ashamed, embarrassed, about naming the name of Christ, folks, because you're on the right side. You're part of the good guys, not by your own deeds, but because you're part of his family as his son or daughter. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, ye rather, that is risen again. Watch this. Who is even at the right hand of God. There it is, the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us. Right now Jesus is standing before God the Father. Or sitting beside God the Father. We could say because it says that. He's at his right hand. And he's saying. They're mine. Bless them. Forgive them. They're mine. About every single person in here. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ. If you can't be separated from the love of Christ. You're already in the victory. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or coronavirus or fuel shortages or fuel increase, price increases or all the violence or all the threats, World War III, everything, can they separate us from the love of Christ? No, because here's the thing. If you die, you go to be with Jesus. And if you live, Jesus is here with you. So there's no loss. There's never loss. In fact, the Bible says it's gain to die and go and be with him. Obviously. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. What that's saying is that's what people say. They do, oh, we're just like sheep for the slaughter here. You know, we, we, we have no chance of winning this. And he says, that's what they're saying, as it is written. But he says, nay, nay, and this is the bit I want to get to. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. More than conquerors. Which in the Greek is hypernikio. Or hyper, you know, uh, it means over and above victory. Overwhelming victory. We are more than conquerors. Let me explain more than a conqueror. With another boxing analogy. A man goes into the ring. Fights 15 brutal rounds with some real bruiser like Mike Tyson or 
Tyson Fury. 15 rounds of blow after blow, covered head to tail in bruises and wounds and cut eyes and everything else. But in those 15 rounds, he manages to win, whether by a technical knockout in the last five seconds or he wins by points. But he steps out of that ring and he's absolutely battered, black and blue. But he's a conqueror. And they give him the belt. And they give him the prize money. And he goes home to his wife, steps in the door, and she says, oh, darling, you look terrible. And he hands her the belt, and he hands her the prize money. That's for you, darling. Some of you are laughing. That's for you, darling. He's the conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. But she gets the prize. She gets the blessing. She gets the spoils of war. She gets what he won for. That's what that means. We're more than conquerors because Jesus hung on the cross for us and endured the pain and suffering that he did. Okay, you need to wrap this up, folks. I'm going to finish a little bit early today. Um, and uh, we can get through and get some grub. But this is where I wanted to go with this. And of course, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So all these things, and there's many, many other scriptures we could have looked at. But what they mean is, what they're all saying is, is that in Jesus we have the victory. In Jesus we're more than conquerors. In Jesus every fight is fixed. In Jesus, because God is for us, nobody can be against us. We're unassailable, we're unbeatable, we're unconquerable, we're immovable. We shall not, we shall not be moved. Amen? Not by the hips, the hearts, or the Celtic. No, no, no. Wrong words. Well, right words, but wrong, wrong, wrong context. Amen? But that's what I'm saying here. We cannot be defeated in Christ. Now, I want to look at the, the right hand of God very briefly before we close. Psalm 98, verse 1. A couple of verses, because it says there, Christ is at the right hand of God. And he is our salvation. He is our saving strength. He is the one who gives us the victory. And it actually tells us that Psalm 98, verse 1, we'll just look at this. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. He hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. That word victory means, or in Hebrew, it's yasha. And the word we looked at before where it said saving in Psalm 28 was Yeshua. Yeshua. And that's derived from this word yasha. So you see, he saves us and he gives us a victory. His right hand has given us the victory. Now it's, it's talking here about Yahweh, the Lord, the Father. And it says, his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. 
It's Jesus that gives us the victory, and it's Jesus that's at his right hand. See, the right hand of God is, is, is a study, David will tell you. We've studied it very intensely and, and barely scratched it. Because the right hand of God is a, a place, a zone, a concept, a paradigm, a person. A Lord and a Saviour. The Lord, Yahweh, said to my Lord, David said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. And his enemies are our enemies. So the process is that at this moment in time, you look around all what's going on in the nation, you think, oh, what's going to happen? Well, what I was going to happen is that he's going to get the victory. And the nations are going to be made his footstool. And we're part of that. Because we're also at his right hand. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians. What's it telling us? We're on the victory side. Because we're on the right hand side. And that's where the sheep are, isn't it? He said, the sheep, the, the sheep will be separated. The sheep will go to the right hand side. And the goats will go to the left hand side. Who wants to be the left hand side? Nobody. But... That's what goats do, isn't it? They butt. I butt pastor. I butt preacher. I butt. I butt. You don't know what I'm going through. Well, I know what you're. I know you've been a goat because you're butting all the time. Amen. If you're a sheep, you go butt. Am I right? But if you're a goat, you're always I butt. I butt. I butt. His right hand has gotten the victory, and then. Another couple of scriptures and we'll close this. Psalm 118. And it says, we'll start in verse 14. It's a great psalm, but we could read it all. But Well, it says here, watch this. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what can man do unto me. And we just read that. If God is before us, who can be against us? See, that needs to be, you have to have that note of confidence. You ought to face 2022 with that confidence in you that we are the victorious people of God. The Puritans used to call it the elect. We're the elect. And it sounded superior, didn't it? But it wasn't arrogance. It was just, well, God has chosen us. And we need to recapture some of that. That's good reformed Protestant evangelical thinking right there. To start thinking of ourselves as the elect again. And not the downtrodden. And the persecuted. And the oppressed. The Puritans didn't see themselves that way. Neither really did the Covenanters. They said we are God's elect. And we are. If God be for us. Verse 14. The Lord is my strength and song. And has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation. Is in the tabernacles of the righteous. That can be your house and it can also be your church. The voice of rejoicing and salvation. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Or gets him the victory. Or does the job. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Folks, we need to understand our place is at the right hand of Yahweh, of the Lord. Of the Father, where Jesus seats. We, we are seated also. 
He that sits in the heavens, the Bible says, shall laugh when he sees his enemies. He will hold them in derision. We need to have that note of victory, don't we? In our singing again, in our praying again, in our lives again. That ring of victory in everything that we do. Onward Christian soldiers, not backward Christian soldiers. Not stand up, stand up for Jesus, not hide away, hide away for Jesus. Or retreat. Somebody pointed out that the armour of the Lord is all frontward facing. Because we never turn our back. And we never retreat. I could go on, but I'll leave it there. But I'll give this uh, final verse, because I know if I don't, Brother Davy will pull me up about it. So I'm not going to have that by any manner of means. And it's in... Uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, chapter 3. God came from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Salah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise and his brightness was as the light. He had horns, which means rays of power in the Hebrew, coming out of his hand. And there was the hiding of his power. The right hand of God is the place of power. That's why the Bible says repeatedly, that's where Jesus is. The right hand of God. And it also says that Jesus is the power of God. Folks, that's our place. At God's right hand. That's where the victory is. In Christ. At the right hand of God. We could go on. We've just scratched this. But I'd urge you to do the study for yourself. See it for yourself in God's word. Go into 2022. As a triumphant, victorious believer. Somebody who knows. Who has confidence. In the power of God. To save us, heal us, deliver us. And take us from victory unto victory. The Lord bless you. Amen.